0: Inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining. Today, we are going to talk about the new world or the virtual presentations and speaking in the virtual world. And for that, we have a special guest. Heather Weil is CTO of Rocketeer and is also known as the Unicorn Whisperer because of her special focus on entrepreneurs. She is a personal and professional growth expert, executive coach, author, and a speaker. As a founding employee of Evernote, she oversaw the company's growth from thousands to hundred million customers. Among Weil's other awards, she was commended by Senate Minority Leader Harry Reid for her work as a 2016 high-tech woman mentor in increasing STEM education. Hello, Heather.
1: Hello. How are you doing, Oscar?
0: Very good. It's really great talking with you, Heather. Thank you for making your time there. Um, early morning in the <laughs> Las Vegas here <laughs> is evening already in Helsinki.
1: Is uh, there really any time anymore?
0: yes 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 Um, enjoying a bit of sun here so i would like to hear first um you have been doing many many things and you are doing many things still so we're going to hear that but let's let's get started hearing from you how how you started your career as a speaker so how how
1: everything started well it's interesting when I broke out on my own and started my own company. Uh, well, co founded a company uh, called Rocketeer. Mm-hmm. My co founder said that he wanted me to become more of a public facing person. I'd always been behind the desk. I'd always been doing the thing and doing it really well. And he said that it was time for other people to really hear my story. And I said that I really wasn't comfortable doing that. I I didn't want to go out and he said that was not acceptable to him. Um if somebody was really good at what they do, then they have a the responsibility to go out and teach other people. So he challenged me. He said, uh, 2 weeks from now, I want you to come back and tell me that you've gone and you have spoken to a group about what you've done and who you are." And then I said, "All right." And so I called around to my friends. Thankfully I live in Las Vegas, which is kind of the co- the conference capital mm. of the world. Yes. And um, there's a lot of things happening here every single day. And I was able to find a small business group that did uh, that met for breakfast. And they, they had me as their featured speaker for one of their breakfast meetings. And Uh, I came back and he's like, so how was it? I was like, I hated it. I didn't want to be up in front of these people. (laughs) And he said, great. Now, two weeks from now, I want you to come back and tell me that you've spoken in front of five groups. And I was like, five groups in two weeks? (laughs) And he said, you got to keep doing it. Yeah, you got to get your story out there. You got to get the confidence. And by doing this, you'll become more assertive Uh, Mm -hmm. and you'll become a better CTO by being able to go and tell your story to people. So I was like, okay. So I just kept calling around to my friends and I was like, hey, would you want me to come speak for your lunch and learn? Would you want me to come speak for your um, for your young professionals group or whatever? And surprisingly, everybody said yes. So within two weeks, i had spoken for another five. <laughs> and he said, great. Now I want you to get a keynote. <laughs> wow. I was like, is there nothing that's enough for you? Um, so, yeah. So what motivated me to do it was actually I was challenged. Uh, my, my co-founder challenged me, and he kept challenging me. He kept kept pushing me. And so I just kept doing this. And within six months, I had my first international keynote.
0: Wow, excellent. So your co-founder was challenging, about he... <laughs> He didn't want to speak himself, or he would have done already enough.
1: Oh, he'd already done it. He's okay. been—he um, was the CEO of Wagamama, which uh, internationally you probably know is a very popular noodle shop. He was the CEO of a the international version of Zappos. I mean, it was another store called Style Trad. I mean, he—he he was a very uh, successful businessman, and he—I mean, he. Had media training, he'd been doing all that, and he was like, "It's time for you to shine."
0: Mm. Wow, excellent! And you shine. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long ago was that? What that challenge?
1: uh That was in uh, 2013. So, mm-hmm. I've been doing this for seven years now.
0: Yeah, fantastic! I, I watched uh, several of your talks, and yeah, you're an excellent speaker, and uh, I really like your style. That's why uh, I'm talking with you and want to hear more of what you have been doing and are the main uh, piece of advice you can give to us so let's focus today on speaking in the virtual world and there has been uh, opportunities to speak in the virtual world in the before last year previous years but of course it was it was different from today so if you can tell me what are the the, ta- ma- the main types of speaking situations that there are today in this virtual world
1: so it- in the virtual world today, there's actually similar types of speaking situations as there were before. One of the main ones is, of course, you can still do a uh, a breakout session kind of thing, where you're you're doing a a webinar uh, mm. and you're you're teaching people something in a in a short. You're just doing a like kind of like an online course, but it's interactive. You're giving a presentation and uh, that's it, and then you do q and A Q&A at the end. Another kind is a panel where you're, you're kind of doing a podcast, but people are watching live. And then again, they can do a Q and a, and another interesting one that, that has popped up is that there's these kind of telethons. So the, with the online events, you can sort of turn your, your virtual conference into Mm. a TV show, like the old style of Call in and we can donate to whatever charity. only this time it's mm-hmm. um, you're paying your entrance fee online, and it's going towards whatever was cost it cost them to put on this virtual event. And you may think that just because people are sitting at home in their offices and and calling up and doing something online, that there's no uh, there's no cost associated with these, but that's absolutely not true. Uh, so there, there's still a cost to run these virtual events as well. So, so yeah, I mean it's still workshops, panels, keynotes, and and the same other types of things that you were doing in person. Only now they're online and they can have a much larger viewership.
0: Sure, and and it's it's different. No? Some some people are having used to speak in some type of uh, some type of events, and in the in the real stage. So now moving to the, to the virtual world, there are, as you said, also different type of, uh, some different types of, uh, of situations, uh, from your experience and from what you have, um, also probably have attended, watch some, some people lately who did there are, there are quite many of these um, events, virtual events. What would you say is the hardest of all of this?
1: Well, one of the things that, uh, some, some of my speaker colleagues have, have said to me is it's hard for them to not get feedback from the audience because mm-hmm. a lot of people, and if you see some of my videos, you'll see that I do a lot of call and response. I will ask people, like I'll raise my hand for people to raise their hands at me. I'll ask people questions during a, a, a talk and I walk around on the stage a lot. So one of the things that you need to do as a speaker is to adapt. So when I'm doing a virtual presentation, I actually don't sit down. I, I use my standing desk, I have my camera that will show my entire room and I'll be walking around with my clicker just like I uh-huh. would be on stage. Um, I still walk around when I present and it it actually makes a huge difference mm. in the presentation style. So when the people are are watching my talks for virtual presentations, they're a lot more engaged. Uh, additionally, I still am asking people questions. Uh, I'll use polling. Mm-hmm. So uh, the people that are that have a presentation style like I do that want to ask people questions, you can you can poll the audience while you're talking to them and then get instant response right away. And so that's one of the things that you need to do to adapt. But um, you'll find that that people that haven't adapted this way are definitely struggling.
0: Sure, sure. So about just, as you mentioned, the polling, do you do it yourself or you need someone to assist you?
1: So I do it myself uh, with, there's a couple of different tools you can use. Uh, One of my favorites is Poll Everywhere, and you can actually embed polls right into your slides. So Uh um, as I'm clicking through my slides, uh, a poll will be there and people can just text right in and Then when I click to the next slide, you can see the results of the poll right there, or further down in my talk, you'll see the results when I want it to show up. So I don't even need to do anything. And also like for Q and A, because I'm further back in the room and I'm not actually on my keyboard, Mm -hmm. um, I can actually ask a Q and A question. And then like, by the time it gets to the Q and A, I can have a Q and A slide that has popped up all of the questions for me and I can read them off of my screen. Mm -hmm.
0: Excellent. So using, as as I think, it's inevitable using extra tools that we would not use if you are in a real stage.
1: But that's the thing. I actually like if I'm doing a keynote uh, with like when I when I have a five thousand person keynote that I'm in front of, I can't be asking people individually. So I do use those tools. So it's basically the same thing. Like when you, ha- when you are in a small room, you could ask people individually. But when you're in a mm. big room, you have to adapt. So these are the same kinds of tools that I would use there.
0: Yeah, for a big, for a big audience, exactly. So what would you, if you can summarize your top piece, top piece of advice for, for speaking in, in virtual presentation, virtual talks?
1: My top piece of advice is improvise. Mm-hmm. It's, it, don't be afraid to play. Because if you are bored sitting at your desk, talking into a microphone like I'm doing right now, then the people (laughs) are going to be bored
0: Mm. listening
1: to you. So get around, play, have fun with it. Like if, if you would be on stage asking people to stand up and do jumping jacks, then ask people to stand up and do jumping jacks. And you know what? They probably will. Yeah. They'll probably be in front of their computers doing jumping jacks along with you because you asked them to, because they're bored too. So any different thing, they're going to do it.
0: Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Majority of uh, of people will just, as you said, sit down, play the slides, talk, and and that's it. So it's it's very important what you said, that improvise, do things, do uh, play new things, things that... Are of course uh, playful. People will uh, will definitely have an uh, interaction with you. Mm. Regarding the, the skills, because some skills, of course, are are the same, but I think that some skills have to be different. For instance, just to speak in front of the camera uh, brings different different skills. So, what would you say they are uh, the main skills that people need to improve, enhance, or even? Learn, and most people don't don't have the skills. what
1: uh, So, one of the things is don't be afraid of being in front of a camera because, it, like, you don't have to be all um, made up. You don't have to make sure that uh, you're you're dressed perfectly, but you should be dressed neatly. Um, and remember that people are going to be judging you for your background. The uh something that you do need to pay attention to is people actually want to see the real room behind you. Mm. Uh while we have the option for virtual backgrounds, and that's great, uh, there's actually been a lot of data that shows that people trust you more if you actually mm. show them the room that you're in. So it's actually better to have a white wall behind you with just a picture hanging mm. on it than uh to, to have a virtual background because then they they think that you're hiding something, so because you are. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> so, yes. so, so there's actually a Twitter handle. I think it's rate my Skype room or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, you can we can put it in the notes maybe that you can take a picture of what's behind you before doing a presentation, and then uh, they'll tell you how to stage the thing behind you to to make you look more presentable. And more professional before you do that. So that's one little thing you can do. Uh, you can just make sure that whatever shirt you're wearing or whatever top you're wearing looks mm. professional. And if you if you stand yes. up like me when you're doing this, obviously wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That was not not so obvious for many people.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, there or don't because if you're trying to have fun with it, you could stand up and show people, Hey, I'm doing this in pajama pants because that's who I am. So yeah. So, so it's, it's all about cultivating that kind of image, but what you want to do is what, like, whatever you do, you, you do need to be comfortable. So whatever it takes for you to be comfortable speaking again, because obviously if you were you're comfortable speaking before you need to get yourself comfortable speaking in front of the camera. And I have a stutter. I I repeat words. My my stutter repeats words and I also no matter how hard I try if I am thinking hard I actually mm-hmm. just Will say us and ums, and it like I used to count the us and ums, and it makes me sound like a twelve year old. I understand that, but I get over it because it the the content is there. So no matter what, you just have to get over yourself, be comfortable that you are getting your point across, and go.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. with the. <clears throat> I mean, the earlier, the better. I definitely have, um, I haven't done too much of the virtual and, and I understand that just the, just the possibility of facing a different, it's like, it's like a different, I'd say just a different place you are. You, you are not familiar. You have, you might have some, some doubts, but yeah, the best thing is, as you say, just jump and start doing it because it's going to be, um, mu- much more common than ever. And, and those are skills that, that we need anyway. So the the earlier we can we can learn, we can get comfortable. As you mentioned, the word "comfortable" is I agree with you. Is 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 the better. Um, so for instance, it's interesting. You mentioned that you use the real background, so you show part of your house, um, and even you walk means that you need a a big to show a big chunk of your house, not just <laughs> not just uh, one one meter behind. Okay, <laughs> I can see it now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So is that, uh, something that also requires, uh, some arrangement or is, is just, just easy, just, just choose the day just use the, I mean, the, the tightest uh, wall and, and, and just shoot.
1: <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, for this, I happen to have, I, I happen to use my own office and mm-hmm. I use a corner, um, or I have a couple of different camera angles that I can use in my room. I'm lucky, uh, But I also, like, if you don't have a place that you can do it from in your own house, I know people that actually do it from their bathrooms. um, Because bathrooms have good, uh, one, they have really good acoustics. And two, uh, there's always at least a good wall that you can Mm. be in in a bathroom. And I know it sounds silly, but the... Yeah, I mean, having the good acoustics and being able to uh, stage things inside of a a bathroom (laughs) works. So if you if you look at all the uh, musicians that are playing music inside Mm -hmm. their bathroom, uh, you'll you'll (laughs) see that people are used to this now.
0: Okay, we can get some ideas. Even okay, interesting. It's true. the The musicians have had the same challenge. I mean, they had to continue playing. And I have seen the couch and. In in the, in the Porsche, in different places, yeah, they didn't stop, and, so we uh, we shouldn't gr- stop.
1: <laughs> right, garages are also good. Mm. Um, it obviously in the summer um, when it it gets over thirty five degrees Fahrenheit <laughs> in some places. I think it's thirty two in uh, Spain right now. Uh, it's uh, it's it can be difficult to be in a garage where it's unheated. I mean, uh, air conditioned, mm-hmm. uh, but still there there's a way you can make it work for a 30 minute talk
0: yes 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 yeah fantastic i I like that you say that um there are many many places you can you can speak uh, you can put a camera and stand sit or stand i I think it's i think i I agree with you standing is better Uh, so in many ways you can you can create your your own stage you know the real stage so um, so regarding conferences, uh, I know you have already been participating in, in conferences that were supposed to be uh, face-to-face, but they became virtual and they were arranged like that. So what is your, your prediction for the next still, let's say, 12 months? Um, there will be all of them virtual? There will be some of them... Uh, um, what would you say?
1: I think that for the next 12 months... The majority are going to be virtual. I don't see any being able to be in person as somebody that runs events. It's one of the things that we've been having trouble with ourselves in our event space is we're not, I mean, is the little rules that we didn't even think about when we started, for example, we can't pass out handouts because Mm -hmm we can't have somebody touching something that somebody else touched. We can't pass out pencils. We can't pass yes. out post-it notes. Uh, we can't let somebody else write on a whiteboard. Uh, so, so breakouts and workshops are out automatically. Additionally, with keeping six foot, uh, six uh, feet distance mm-hmm. between people an event space. if If we ask other people to manage that, Then we could be, we could risk being shut down if we had somebody coming in to and found out that people started to congregate naturally over time when they got tired, when they got complacent. So, as an event space person or as an event organizer, the risk to us is too high to Mm -hmm. run an event. And, like, so no matter how much we want to run one, I don't think we could get the insurance Mm -hmm. and so that's why just for no other reason i don't think that there will be in-person events for the next 12 months
0: yes it's true it's it's such details like passing a, a pen or very very small interactions that you can you can say okay there's no contact but yeah there's small interaction like that that make really yeah out of question during these times, so many conferences already uh, have been well, transformed into virtual conferences and some organizers are are doing that right now so in the in the coming months there are conferences that are going to be big or relatively big and are going to be completely virtual so what are the what are the differences that are not so obvious for for, for many what are the differences... That this adaptation that an organizer has to do uh, for a virtual conference? And, and also from the speaker point of view, what, what else have to be speaker prepared?
1: So one of the things that we had to figure out how to do early on in organizing these events was the trade show floor. So when you're an when you're going to an event, um, one of the things we all love to do is to go to the trade show and get Mm. our swag. Right. (laughs) Uh, You go from booth to booth and you pick up like, Oh, we got to, they have the, uh, uh, USB power pack and things like that. Well, how do you do that when it's a virtual Mm. event? And should you do that? Well, of course you should, because like the main purpose of these is for the sponsors to show you their new things. I was, I was so devastated when, um, a lot of these early events were canceled. Um, Because that was where a lot of these companies get their bookings for the year. Hmm. When you go to the exhibitor booths, you go to learn about all of the new things they're selling. And so we started to create virtual trade show floors where these companies are able to show off their latest and greatest things. Um, They have... Virtual rooms where you can go in and like virtual booths where you can go and talk to them, and then they can show you a demo of what they have, and and then they can even sign contracts right there, sign sales orders. So um, Alibaba is running one right now. Uh, that's really interesting and really exciting for uh, a subset of of items that they're selling. I mean, they have like really cool whiskey displays and stuff. It's it's neat. Uh, for one that we're running uh, next week uh, or sorry, in two weeks, mm-hmm. we have some really, really cool air force uh, uh, solutions for base of the future. Um, and, and it allows you to still walk the floor and, and see all those things. So that's something that you didn't think about um, mm-hmm. necessarily. And another thing is being able to, make sure that people can still shine on stage. So taking care of all the speakers, making sure that they have everything they need to give the best talk that they can. So in in our case, that's making sure they all have background kits and lighting kits and, Mm. and sound kits and things like that, like as organizers providing all that for them so that they look and sound the best they can to give the best talk that they can.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. That's, uh, that's the last thing that you said, uh, because not not every speaker has a, a professional um, lights in in their, even if they have a comfortable office, maybe not, they don't have the best microphone, the best uh, uh, lights, and that might be tricky. Some don't know what to do. So it's ex- excellent that the organizers like you, uh, Take care of that, and so make sure that the 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 event is is really high quality. And also, you mentioned also the the virtual the trade vi- show. Yeah, the virtual trade show. So that's that's very very interesting. Okay, and and you have seen that already companies doing that right now.
1: Yeah, we, I mean, we did this, uh, we've done it twice now um, and we're doing it again for our next event and we're going to do it for every one of our major events. We also, uh, I mean, and I've seen other companies do it as well. Uh, the larger events like CES, that's how they're going to make Mm. sure that they have a hybrid thing. I mean, one of my friend's companies here in Las Vegas, they've actually started creating virtual reality, um, trade show booths so like you can put on your vr goggles and walk around and see the booth as if you were there even though you can't be there obviously but they're flying out to wherever these people's co- like companies are or they're setting up a booth for them then they're they're filming it and then they're populating it in vr
0: excellent well i have to dig more into these conferences and Sounds sounds really 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 cool to see and experience, and so we don't miss uh, neither the the attendees who want to see something, or the speakers, and even the organizers uh, who wants to, of course, keep promoting their their ideas and their products.
1: Exactly, and it's not even that expensive. I mean, I think well, obviously, it depends on your price range and your idea of what you think an event should cost. But uh, considering that a trade show booth at something like CES can cost mm. into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Wow. These, these virtual booths start at around 1500. So mm. they're, they're not expensive at all.
0: Well, wow. so no, no excuses for not doing that and being the, the most creative the, the companies can. Exactly. Um, now f- seeing the, the perspective of speakers, uh, I know that it was a, uh, well, for, for many speakers, depending, That were very active, and depending on conferences to well to to keep their business running, especially the the professional speakers, suddenly uh, many many events were canceled, and that created a problem that there are less places to speak. Uh, So how things are now? Do you think that all in all there are less places to speak Uh, for a speaker? Is it's
1: so? I think that mm -hmm. there's actually still quite a few places to speak, but they're virtual Mm -hmm. and. What this is found, like what this has opened up is that now you can speak at all of these luncheon and learns and, and things like that that are happening around the world. You mm-hmm. can speak to this morning in China mm-hmm. and this afternoon in Australia and tomorrow in Lithuania. And you can fill your calendar at all of these places that you would never have gone to before because they would never have the budget to fly you out. Sure. But you can open yourself up to an entirely different audience than you've ever had before. And it goes back to what my co-founder had told me right in the beginning, that you have a story to tell. You're the only one that can tell it. So get yourself out there and tell that story. Teach these people because they're starving to hear from you. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, excellent. I I like that you see it as an opportunity because it's true, some some organizer would have liked to to invite you to come to to the other continent to speak, but of course, for budget reasons, was not not possible. But now this barrier has been torn down, so it's uh, well, it's excellent. We speaker has to be just more spending more time to, uh, searching, finding the opportunities, and I'm sure there will be more than one. Some people expect. And Heather, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a quote that I love from the Dalai Lama, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, the goal is not to be better than the other man, but to be better than your previous self. Mm. And what I love about this is that a lot of people are always trying to compete with somebody else. And they're trying to fight to, to get something that someone else has, or they feel jealous and and envious of of things that other people have but it really makes you turn inward and and realize that the only person that truly matters is yourself like i mean yes other people in the world matter but the only person you should ever judge yourself against is yourself
0: exactly yeah fantastic fantastic quote. thanks for that could you recommend us now one book that has been particularly inspiring or influential for you
1: this is going to be a little bit weird, I think, for your listeners. But the the book that has been probably the most transformative for me in my life is Douglas Adams's Last Chance to See. And so, Douglas Adams is a science fiction author. Was a science fiction mm-hmm. author. Okay. Um, and in 1985, I believe it was, he was asked by the BBC to go on a Nature trip around the world to study, uh, to find some animals that were on the uh, endangered list, so endangered that they were about to go extinct. And so he and a naturalist uh, went around the world to catalog these animals. And and it was so eye-opening to me when I first read that, that there were animals that had gotten to this point that we had destroyed their habitat so much. And about 20 years later, they did a retrospective on it. And one of the animals was gone. And a couple of them had been brought back to a level that they were off the list, but one was Mm -hmm. just completely extinct in 20 years. So that, that book last chance to see changed my life
0: wow so this is even though he's he he's a uh, he was um, a science fiction writer this is more um non-fiction or he's also in, uh, it, in
1: it's a- non-fiction but mm-hmm. it, it it he wrote it with a hum like he went in as the everyman mm-hmm. like with a kind of humorous spin to try and make it like to try and make it approachable but there was no there was no way that you could make this good. It's just, it's a, it's a sad story, but it's very, very moving.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, very, it's very important to, to learn these things and to know them and to learn and, and act accordingly to that. So could you again repeat the, the title?
1: Last Chance to See. And there's also a documentary series when they went back 20 years later. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Douglas Adams had already passed away by that time, but it, Stephen Fry replaced him in the in the docu series and he was excellent.
0: Could you finally share with us an exercise something practical that you would recommend us doing regularly, a routine to shine?
1: A routine to shine is to make sure that You have at least some tech-free moments in your life. I do at least one tech-free day a week and a full tech-free week a year, usually one at least. Um, And the reason for this is technology has taken over our lives Mm -hmm. and we need to take a pause and remember who we are. And the only way to do that is to turn off the notifications, get ourselves away from the screens and go out and enjoy this world, these people that we are a part of in whatever way we can. So even if you can only start with an hour or a week, an hour, a day Mm -hmm. or whatever, turn off the screen, turn off the notifications and spend time with the people around you, with the world around you so that you can refresh recharge and be the best person that you can be
0: yeah i like it fantastic yeah definitely one hour is not hard uh, one day is more a challenge but it's not um it's not impossible at all so thank you for reminding us this so please uh heather has been fascinating talking with you please let us know how people can get in touch with you or find what the work you are doing
1: So you can find me at Heatheriel on every social media, and my website is heatheriel.com.
0: Okay, excellent. Again, it was a pleasure talking with you, Heather, and all the best. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time.